0: Hi, I'm Adrienne. I help people tell the stories they were told not to talk about, maybe by their own inner critic, maybe by the world. Either way, I'm here to serve as a kind of story midwife, birthing these beautiful naked narratives and helping them thrive. Telling our own stories and speaking our own truth should be the easiest thing in the world, but it's not. We all get blocked, we all feel censored, stymied, or silenced at times. We struggle to find the right entry point, to articulate the message we want to convey, and to identify the ideal audience to receive it. And that, my friends, is where I come in. I'm a professional brand voice consultant and story coach. I help entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, storytellers, and anyone else who is ready to start living out loud to deliver their authentic voice directly to those who most need to hear it. Are you ready to get authentic? Good, because that's allowed. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the That's Allowed podcast. I'm Adrienne McKeon, and today we're talking with Christy Sumner. Now, Christy is pretty freaking awesome, you guys. She, doctor, excuse me, Dr. Christy Sumner. I'm also Dr. Adrienne McKeon, but I rarely say that. (laughs) My PhD is in drama. I don't know if that counts. It Uh, does. Hey. (laughs) So your PhD is actually in public affairs, it looks like, with an emphasis on criminal justice. Correct. How cool is that?
1: I love that. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. And, but right now it says, so in, in 2014, Dr. Christy Sumner coupled her passion for travel history and the paranormal when she formed soul sisters, paranormal, an all female team made up of Sumner who two sisters and two friends. I think it's so awesome that you actually formed a company with your sisters and call mm-hmm. it soul sisters. That's so great. What's it like to work with, uh, with family?
1: It's a lot of fun. Um, One of my sisters is my twin sister. So it's Uh kind of like having my best friend with me, you know, all the time when we go on these investigations. And then our younger sister um, joined as well. And uh, this really started as a sister bonding experience, if you will. Absolutely. Um, We wanted to do something a little bit different on a girls trip, on a weekend trip, because we all live in different parts of the country. So um, our first investigation was at the Moundsville Penitentiary in uh, Moundsville, West Virginia. And uh, we, we met there one, one weekend and spent the night in the prison. And we just decided, hey, th- we can do this. So uh, we decided to form Soul Sisters Paranormal and, and really um, try to step up paranormal in a professional way, if you will. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, how we formed that.
0: So how did you come to want to do these paranormal investigations? How did that come about? Well,
1: we, we've always had a fascination with the paranormal, um, sure. and, you know. Watching ghost hunters and ghost adventures and such. And we would find ourselves kind of sitting there watching those episodes and saying, you know, why didn't they ask this question? Or why didn't they set up the camera this way? Or, you know, I wonder how that really felt being in, you know, a solitary confinement cell or something like that. Um, so we had the fortunate opportunity to go to Moundsville. Like I said, our grandfather used to be a prison guard at Moundsville Penitentiary. Oh my and gosh! Before he became the chief of police of Glendale, West Virginia. So we had a friend of the family's that sat on the board for Moundsville, and he said, "Why don't y'all come up one night and uh, stay stay the night in the prison and uh, see if you capture anything?" And it was very rudimentary. We had a couple of uh, voice recorders, a couple of night vision cameras. And We we really just wanted to get the experience, and when we went in there, you know, we had doors slamming in our faces. We had footsteps running at us and then disappearing into the night and um, seeing shadow figures. So after that experience, it was really you know, when we when we came together and said, let's do this. So we organize what I would call large investigations. We do about four a year, and then we do some one-off um, smaller investigations as the team permits. So for example, yeah. my my twin and I will be going to Mississippi next weekend without the full team just because of scheduling conflicts. So mm-hmm. we do those one-offs as well, but we also have larger organized events.
0: Yeah. So what's one of the most remarkable or spookiest experiences
1: you've had? Well, I have to say we went to um, uh, Fort Mifflin in Pennsylvania, and Mm -hmm. this fort is absolutely incredible. It was a Revolutionary War fort, and uh, they have a solitary confinement cell where they held a prisoner during the Revolutionary War, and he was actually hung for his crimes. And uh, so we, and this is a very small cell, I'd probably say it's about 12 feet long by about seven or eight feet wide. It's about seven feet under the earth, so subterranean. And we had a a laser grid and a night vision video camera set up in that cell, and it ran stationary throughout the night. And during, when we went back and did evidence review, we actually caught a shadow figure that walked through the laser grid. And that was probably our, our best piece of evidence that we've captured to date. But um, going into some of these places, you know, we always get asked, you know, what's the scariest thing that you've, you've experienced? Mm-hmm. And, so, and that to us was pretty cool. Um, we've never really been scared per se. Mm-hmm. We get startled. No, don't get me wrong. We get sure. startled. You hear a scream, you hear a door slam, you hear footsteps. But for us, it's all about finding out what what created that noise if we can and and really getting the story of the location because what we like to do is couple the history of the location with the paranormal to see if we can get the full story um so I would say to answer your question in a very long-winded way um Fort Mifflin was probably one of the um, most interesting to us, followed by the old Gilcrest County Jail in Trenton, Florida. Had some great experiences there. Um, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary had some great evidence there. So it, it really just kind of runs the gamut of these locations that we go to.
0: Well, here's what I love about this. I mean, my podcast is called That's Allowed, and the, the question I always ask is like, what's the story you're not telling? Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you get to hear a bunch of
1: untold stories. Like and That is a great way to say that. And yeah. I appreciate you saying that because you're right. You know, every time we go to these locations, we always tell an entity or a spirit that may be present, we want to tell your story. And if you listen to some, or if you watch some of our videos, you'll hear us asking that question.
0: Yeah. That was one of the first things I noticed is that you asked that question. I was like, I love that. I love that they're asking <laughs> this entity, like, you know, what's your story? We want to tell your story.
1: Exactly, because, you know, first and foremost, our our goal with this is to highlight historical places that some people might not be familiar with, or if they are, maybe showcase a part of that location that they might not have been aware of. Mm -hmm. So I want to bring that to the forefront first, and that's the reason why we start our videos like we do, because even if you're not involved or or really believing in the paranormal, you can still get some history behind the locations and why we've gone there. And then when we go into these locations we do treat any entity or spirit that may be present as um, the the person that it used to be, or the the person that it, that it, it was. So well, that's why we always say we're not here to provoke you. We're not here to try to get you to cross over. We legitimately want to tell your story to see if we can couple that with the history of the location. So you know when we have reports. Of say a child at a civil a civil war hospital mm-hmm. and we get a child's voice on a voice recorder, I can say, okay that that child is here. we don't take kids with us on investigations, so that child the spirit is here somehow in some form wanting to communicate, so we have validation that that story is true, and yeah. uh, that to us is the most e- exciting part of this
0: yeah, when you get to validate uh, you know a historical fact or a you know, an untold story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what, uh, what have you discovered? Like what are some of the untold stories that you've discovered in this process?
1: Well, um, probably one of the most interesting things, and I, I really appreciate your questions with this because it's something that we don't get asked. Yeah. Probably one of the most telling ones for me, um, was when we investigated the Ma Barker house. Now, just for a quick synopsis of this house, it uh, was the location of a 1935 shootout between two members of the barker Carpus gang, Ma Barker and her son, Freddie, mm-hmm. and the FBI. And it uh, to this date, it is still the longest shootout in FBI history, because it wow. lasted about four and a half hours. So this was a house that Ma and her son, Freddie, rented in 1935, and... Um, we were the first to be able to really investigate it um, as, as an organized paranormal group. Marion County now owns control of the house. They acquired it in 2016. And um, we were the first to be able to go in there. And we found some very compelling evidence. And uh, one of the things that we, that we found um, or that we heard during our evidence review was a voice recording of what we believe is Ma saying, Freddie, and then another voice saying, yeah, Ma, and then the first voice saying, get ready. And to us, that was what we call a residual haunting, um, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a blip in time. And it, it really validated the story for me of what happened in that house, that yeah. in that room at that moment, you know, Ma was saying, hey, get ready, Freddie, this is this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and another telling thing about that investigation was some of the controversy surrounding the shootout was that. The FBI actually stormed the house and murdered her um, rather than take her alive because J. Edgar Hoover needed to justify killing this gang and and getting rid of all of the gang members because of what they did. Now, don't get me wrong. They were they were heinous people. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, like I said, one of those, those that is a controversy. So when we went and investigated, we have what's called a spirit box. And for lack of a better term, it's an AM FM radio that's been um, modified to sweep through frequencies. So when you turn it on, essentially what you hear is a flip through white noise. So you're Mm -hmm. not, theoretically, you should not hear full phrases because by the time, Uh, it it flips to the next station, there shouldn't be a full phrase. You may hear words like, uh, mm, mm," and that sort of thing. Um, But when we took it up into what we call the kill room where Ma and Freddie were killed, the, we asked what happened in this room and we got the phrase, they murdered us. Wow. Again, is to us very telling and also validation of what happened in that room. Absolutely. Wow. That's intense. (laughs) It was. It was a very (laughs) intense investigation. But I love that house. It's just, it's so full of history. And, you know, regardless of whether or not, again, if you believe in paranormal or not, just the historical significance alone, to me, is pretty, pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, allowing the dead to speak, that's really powerful,
1: Mm -hmm. you know? And and that's what we're hoping for. And, you know, it's kind of different because we are an all-female team. There are other all-female teams in the paranormal community, but we feel we bring kind of an empathy, if you Mm -hmm. will, to the situation. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said before, we don't go in with a lot of bravado. We don't go in, you know, chest thumping or, you know, provoking, if you will. That's not our style. We absolutely go in with the mindset of we just want to legitimately tell the history of this location in a story. And um, we've been very fortunate that every location that we've investigated, we've been able to ascertain some of those paranormal claims.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a minute about those residuals. Mm -hmm. What do you think that is? Is it like just that there was such a high emotional vibration going on that that sort of got locked in time? Or why does that happen?
1: Absolutely. And and that's a great question. Um, So what the paranormal community believes is that a residual haunting is essentially like a record that that keeps playing. And when it hits a, a bleep in that record, you get you you get that residual uh, paranormal phrase, if you will. Mm-hmm. So what's compelling about the residual um, recording from Mom Barkers is that it happened around 6 a.m. We caught it on the recorder at about 6 a.m. And we were there on the anniversary of the shootout. Mm-hmm. So the 6 a.m. that we caught it was exactly 84 years ago was when the shootout happened oh my gosh so to me exactly so to me that's just a blip in time that it's it's going to keep playing over and over um and because like you said that high energy that high emotion of the moment Mm -hmm. um now again we do get intelligent responses you know there's been some places where i've asked um i I, i'm in a room by myself and i ask if anybody's here can you say my name and christy has been said on the voice recorder wow so, we do have a lot of, of interaction at these locations as well. So, residual versus intelligent, um, I'd say we probably, it's probably about 75, 25. Most of what, what we catch is intelligent mm-hmm. versus that 25, which is just the recurring blip in time, if you will. Okay.
0: Do you ever, have you ever gotten any threatening messages?
1: Not that I would consider threatening towards us. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you did watch the Gilcrest County Jail I episode. Did, yeah. Where we got the EVP that says "kill them." Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that wasn't directed at us. When I heard it, I didn't feel threatened. Um, right. I, I thought that that was kind of more residual, based on the, the 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 guests that were in that jail at the time. You know, they were the worst sure. of the worst. Um, <laughs> so i I've, I've never felt threatened by anything. We have had um, instances in the moment where we've heard "get out." or Mm -hmm. back out and in those instances we do honor that request and we back out of the room Um, Mm -hmm. we're very careful to say when we go to these locations if we're in a room or particular area we don't say do you want us to leave this place you do you want to we actually phrase it as do you want us to leave this room or Mm -hmm. do you want us to leave this space because if they say yes then we'll leave the room but we're going to stand out in the hallway right (laughs) (laughs) move out with us that sort of thing um we're try, we try to be very conscious of how we phrase um, our questions and such. But um, to answer your question again, very long-windedly, um, I've never felt threatened in any of these locations.
0: And don't feel self-conscious about being long-winded. I mean, that's what you're here to do <laughs> is to talk about this. That's why I have you here. And this is really interesting stuff. So thank you. Thank you sure, for sharing absolutely. this. Absolutely. Um, so I, I'm really interested in what this what this does for you? I mean, it, it sounds like you're you know you're learning about history. Obviously, you're getting to kind of hear these these untold stories that nobody else gets you know is is privy to. But what is your sort of personal relationship with these entities? Like, do you feel connected to them in some way when you do this?
1: And, and that's a great question. Again, um, you know, some of them I do for the Ma Barker house, um, and I'll go back to that one simply because after we did that investigation. I I was so fascinated with it that I became a docent, I became a volunteer, and I lead tours in that house on a weekly basis. Oh, wow. So to go into that house, I mean, and every time I go in, I open the door and I'm saying, hey, mom, you know, we're here. Um, And then when we leave, I I say, you know, thanks, Freddie. Thanks, ma. I'll see you later. So Mm -hmm. you do form that connection with those locations that you are able to go into multiple times. Yeah. Um, and, and so we, we went to Brushy Mountain in uh, Tennessee. We've done that a couple of times as well. And based on the responses that we got on the first investigation, we were able to mirror or to actually tailor our second investigation based on those responses. So we knew specific people to ask for. We knew specific things to say based on the responses of our first investigation. So in that respect, you do form a bond. Yeah. Um, there's been several EVPs that we've captured that to me have been heartbreaking. Um, For example, we went to Hales Bar Dam, and the reports are that there were some children that would use the dam, the tunnel system under the dam to get from one side of the river to the other to get to school. And at one point, there was an accident, and several of these children were killed. And um, so during one of the EVP sessions, we simply asked, why are you still here? Why haven't you crossed over? And you get a child's response saying, I'm stuck. Heartbreaking, and but so sad. You know, And in those instances, I would really want to help that entity to see if we can get them some resolution somehow. Um, but that's not really what my team does. We don't profess to be mediums or you know psychics that can mm-hmm. help spirits cross over. Right. Um, in that case, we would call somebody in if that entity did want to cross over. So, and who do you
0: who do you call in in those cases? Do you have like a go to medium or?
1: We do. We, we also have a demonologist that we consult. We have a couple oh. of mediums that we would consult. Uh-huh. Um, basically just, we also can put out, you know, the word through the paranormal community saying, Hey, this is, <laughs> if anybody's in this area, you know, can I speak to you about this case or yeah. can I speak to you about this instance and let's, you know, some, throw some ideas off of each other. And and that is kind of a, a cool thing about this, this community, you know, um, obviously it's it's a subculture of the normal culture I'll just go ahead and say it yeah and uh, you know so a lot of people you know when we're in this paranormal community if you will there is a sense of unity we do want to try to help each other if we can now I'm not going to say that there aren't those that are in for grandstanding that are in for the entertainment value I mean I understand that but there are really those that are out there that are legitimately in it to figure out what is going on, figure out the history of the locations and help any spirits or entities that may want to cross over. And yeah. some of them don't. I mean, you do have those entities that I believe for one reason or another want to stay that yeah. don't want to cross over, mm-hmm. whether it's fear of the afterlife, whether it's, you know, they're, they're comfortable where they're at or whether they're waiting for somebody else, yeah. you know, that's for them to say, not me. Uh, and so that's kind of how I approach some of these investigations.
0: Yeah. Has anyone ever asked you to come to a specific location uh, to find out if there's an entity there?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We we do um, private uh, residential investigations. Uh-huh. We've had several of those. Absolutely. Um, what we do with the commercial ones is... We can go to these locations and actually kind of build our portfolio, if you will, Mm -hmm. Um, because obviously a lot of the the private um, residentials that we do, they want to remain private. They don't want that information out um, just for fear of, you know, ridicule or or whatever. Um, Now, if we ask and they say, yes, you can use it, we will do that. Um, And there's been some instances, especially like I put them on my website where they'll say, yes, you can use the evidence that you found but don't use our name or location yeah so we've done that yes we've had people ask us to come in mm-hmm. so do you do you have a story that you
0: were thinking of when you know when I say what's the story you're not telling that you wanted to come on and talk about today
1: You know, most of what we do, we're pretty open with, Um, you know, we we really don't try to hide what we do. And I do think that transparency is necessary because you do have people that question what we do, question paranormal investigators. I mean, you tell people that you're a paranormal investigator or or a ghost hunter, and they either look at you like you have five heads or they (laughs) want to tell you their ghost story. I mean, very Uh rarely does it, does it uh, fall in the middle of that? Um, Absolutely. I guess probably the most interesting story or the one that is, is touches the closest to me um, was a couple of years ago. I had a very vivid dream that my grandfather who passed in, in um, 1986, he came to me in a dream and he came to me as three nights and it terrified me. I, I, I considered it a nightmare. I woke up and I, I'm like, I just, I'm not sure what's going on here. So I was talking to my sister and she said, "We'll just ask him if he comes into the dream again. Just ask him what he wants." So I, I did that in the dream. I said, granddaddy, what do you want?" And he said, "I'm waiting for your Nana, who's my grandmother. I'm waiting for mm-hmm. your Nana, and uh, you're going to be getting a call suit." Well, about two weeks after that, Nana was in an accident. She fell in, and broke her leg, and uh, she went. She had to go. She never really recovered from the surgery, so she went into hospice. And um, and during her hospice stay, excuse me, during her hospice day, she was talking about seeing granddaddy and you know, I see him, he came in last night, we danced and all of that. And um, the day she passed and with permission from my family, the day she passed, my sister and I went to the location where he was in my dream. It was in their house. And cause I told Jenny, I said, he's waiting for her at the house and they're going to meet up at the house. So we grabbed our equipment we went to the house and we captured some very cool evidence that in my mind convinced me that granddaddy was there, Mm -hmm. that Nana met up with him and that they were happy, and to me, that really relieved a lot of the, you know, emotion that I was feeling, because I was very close to my Nana, and it just made me feel at peace with, okay, they've met up, and now they're going to cross over, so we went back two weeks later, just to validate, we went back two weeks later, and we, none of our equipment alarmed, we, we had no wow. indication that they were still there, uh, and to me, that's a very peaceful feeling, and to me, it validated and, and I'll say it. I'm a Christian, and to me, it, it validated my Christian beliefs that yes, there is an afterlife, and mm-hmm. yes, we are permitted to go forward after this. And um, so that, again, that to me is probably the story I would say that is the most compelling in what we do because it is so personal.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, it just gave me chills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I'm take a drink of water here. Hold on. <laughs> mm. Wow. So. I mean, like you said, I think everybody wants to tell you their ghost story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually have a ghost story, which I told on my podcast. So I won't tell that one, but I sure. do have another, another little one
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that I want to share. So I uh, used to work in Pioneer Square, which is the very haunted area of Seattle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's a lot of ghost tours and there's a lot of, you know, these kinds of things. And I uh, I used to get lunch a lot at this place called the Merchant's Cafe, which is, again, a very very hot bed location for, (laughs) for paranormal activity. Mm -hmm. And one day I walked in and the bartender, I mean, he just, he had that look on his face like he had seen a ghost and there were this, these, this couple sitting at the bar and they looked really freaked out. And I almost thought that someone had come in and like tried to rob them or something. I mean, it was like just this weird scene that I walked into and I was like, Hey, is everybody okay? And they kind of turned and looked at me and said, okay, okay. You're not going to believe this, but here's what just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, you know, we came to the bar and the, the bar is uh, covered in mirrors, Okay, right? And so they decided to take a selfie. And so they, you know, they took this selfie mm-hmm. and in the mirror, in the picture, there are these two white heads, you know, like oh, wow. white haired heads, just people dancing wow. behind them. And they're clear as day in the picture, but there was nobody else there. And of course That's they, awesome. you know, they went downstairs and they looked all around and they're like, there's nobody here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw the picture and it was like, wow, that is really compelling. That is evidence. fantastic. And so I decided after that, that I wanted to take the, the ghost tour that goes through mm-hmm. that area. So I did. And I didn't experience anything uh, particular while we were, you know, doing the tour. But then mm-hmm. uh, afterwards uh, we were, <laughs> we were standing in the, the lobby of the place. And someone kept flicking my hair. I had these (laughs) long curls at the time and someone was just kept flicking this curl Mm -hmm. and I kept turning around and there was nobody there. And I was like, this is really strange. Like who, who does that? Mm -hmm. Right. So I was like, guys, not funny. And they were looking at me like, what are you talking about? And I was like, who's flicking my hair? They're like, why would we flick your hair? Like we're grown, grown ass adults. Right. (laughs) And the guy behind the counter said, Oh, that's Bob. And I was like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, Bob, he's a flirt. He likes to flick earrings and all kinds of stuff like that of the ladies. And I was like, okay, I guess Bob's into me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's fantastic. And you, we get that a lot. You know, my, my younger sister has longer hair mm-hmm. and um, it, it, it is, it's kind of like a, a thing, you know, we've got, we've gone yeah. to some of these prisons and they, she gets her hair tugged and, you know, we've mm-hmm. seen it come up and everything. Wow. But, so what were you feeling at the time? I mean, Well, after at the time, that- t- like I was scared
0: at first. Cause I was like, you know, you just have that disorienting feeling of like, I know this happened. And I don't see anything. And what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And you know, it was like it didn't seem like it was part of the tour because we were done, right? You know, and so it was like it just felt it was a weird sensation. And then when he explained what it was, honestly, I felt a little flattered. I was like,
1: <laughs> "Good oh. for you." I mean, as even ghosts say. like me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, you should absolutely take that and run with it. Yeah, uh, why not? And you know that—that's kind of what we found in, in most of the places that we go to. Again, if you just treat them like like they want to be treated, essentially, like everybody does, Um, you know, you can get some very compelling stuff happen to you. Um, You know, I guess the way I can explain it is, everybody wants to be noticed you know that that's kind of like one of the things of being human you want to be noticed you want to be acknowledged Um, and I think in some of these places you know people go in and they don't realize that either they're there or there are other paranormal groups that go in and want to provoke and Mm -hmm. for us you know I I always say a lot of people hear but not a lot of people listen and what we want to do is we want to listen and I think because of that again is why we get a lot of the evidence that we do Yeah, we actually sit and listen. And another thing that we pride ourselves on is really researching the location and putting out what we call trigger items. Mm -hmm. And those are items that are really germane to the situation. So for example, at Fort Mifflin, when we knew that this guy was in solitary confinement, we put out a piece of bread, we put out some water, mm-hmm. and we put out a cigarette. And <laughs> those items during the night, you know, we, we set up a lot of stationary equipment, we set up a lot of stationary trigger items, and we leave them there through the night so the spirits can interact with them. And um, when we when two myself and a, another investigator went down into that solitary confinement cell, I said you know we left you a cigarette and we left you some water and very clearly you get a male voice saying thank you you know again to me that's very compelling you know thank you for acknowledging me and and leaving this for me yeah Uh, so you know it it is it's just it's really in our minds it's just treating people the way we would want to be treated sure Um, now that's not to say that we don't go in and and there are some instances where we get a little angry and say you know uh, f- for one, and I'll, I'll explain that by saying, when we went to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, we went with a uh, another paranormal investigator, Miranda Young from Ghost Biker Explorations, yeah. and um, we were doing a, a special, what we call a special EVP session, and it was very clear that she was being touched, and so I, w- I was forceful. and said, you're not allowed to touch her. You need to back off. You're not allowed to touch her. Now, in that instance, you know, we will assert ourselves and say, You know, if I invite you to touch me, you can touch me. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I don't, you have to stand down. Um, And and in most cases, you know, we've never had any unwarranted touching or anything like that. Um, And in some cases, like I said, we'll say, feel free to pull our hair, tug my pant leg, just Mm -hmm. to let us know that you're there, but you're not allowed to hurt us. So we're we're forceful. And that's the extent of our forcefulness, if you will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, like you said, a lot of people have asked you, you know, what's the scariest thing that's happened to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the funnest thing that's happened to you?
1: Um, that's a great question. Well, we were at uh, the, um, the Exchange Hotel in, in Gordonsville, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um, myself and one of my investigators, we're, we're sitting at opposite ends of this hallway. And we we're trying to interact with a young child. His name was Jeremiah. We we're trying to interact with him. So she had a, a K-2 what we call a K2 meter in front of her. And I had a K2 meter in front of me. And what the K2 meter does is it measures electric, uh, electrical fields. So for example, if I set it down in an area that I know there's no electricity and it starts going off, I can pretty much rule out electricity and rule out something that I can, and and, and say it's something that I can't explain. So again, we both had these K2s in front of us and we had a little glow ball and I would roll the ball down to Kim and I would say, okay, if you're here and you want Kim to roll the ball back to me, light up my K2 meter and it would light up. So Kim would roll the ball back down. And so we, we played this game and went on for about 15 or 20 minutes. And so uh, I think that's probably the most fun that we've had um, with an entity, interacting with an entity.
0: That's great. That's so great what's question. something that you haven't experienced yet that you're still hoping to experience?
1: Wow. Um you know, we, we've had so many different experiences. Um, you know, we, we have seen, I've seen shadow figures. I think, I think probably the, the thing that would be the most cool experience to me would be to actually see an apparition and recognize that apparition as the person I'm trying to communicate with. So for example, just, you know, just throwing it out there, say, I want to see the apparition of Abe Lincoln. And I see this apparition and I can say, okay, that very much resembles Abe Lincoln. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would probably be my holy grail, if you will, of, uh, of experiences. Um, like I said, we've, we've been very fortunate to see shadow figures. A lot of people don't um, yeah. capture them on video. We've seen them in person, um, so we've seen that. But I think really seeing an apparition and knowing who it is that I'm looking at would be probably yeah. pretty cool.
0: So do you like to try to convince skeptics or do you just let them be?
1: I don't. I don't try to convince skeptics at yeah. all, and and we're we're pretty adamant about that. If, listen, I'm not trying to force anything on anybody. I'm yeah. putting out there what I'm what I think is very compelling and what I can't explain. So yeah. you know, I can tell you that I go into this location and I feel cold. Um, that doesn't translate very well over video. It doesn't translate very well over audio. Yeah. So you can believe me. If you want to, you can believe me if you don't. Um, I can tell you that when I capture a child's voice on a voice recorder, when there are no children within a you know hundred yards of this place, or I capture a man's voice in an area where, like in a fort, where there's absolutely no men on this fort, mm-hmm. I can't explain that. Um, right. So I'm telling you, this is very compelling to us, but if you watch it and shake your head and don't believe, that's fine. I, that, I'm not going to try to convince anybody of anything. Um, you know, trying to convince somebody that my religion is correct. I can't do that. But, uh, you know, like I said, I'm putting forward what I think is very compelling of things that I can't explain. Yeah. Do you
0: have advice for anyone who thinks that their home might be haunted?
1: Um, Well, I think the first thing would probably be, don't be afraid. Um, And if you are, take steps to try to ask the entity to move on. Um, you know, I've had several people come to me and say, okay, I think my house is haunted. Okay, well, let's validate this. You can either go out and get a voice recorder and just set it up and let it run, or I can mm-hmm. give you one of mine. Uh, and, you know, and just really listen. You know, you can put out the voice recorder and record things, but if you don't sit down and take the time to listen to it, you know, I can't help you. So you're going to have to listen to that and really see if that is, you know, a spirit that you're communicating with um, there, or that's in your house. And the, the other thing, just... Ask it to leave. This is, you know, your human space. Um, You have every right to say you're not welcome here. um, So please leave. And in that case, if it doesn't, or you feel threatened in any way, I would probably consult, you know, a demonologist or a priest or Mm. somebody like that who really can assist you in that. Um, what think- about
0: someone who isn't necessarily um scared or concerned they just want to communicate and say hey I want to know your history I want you know I want an oral history of like whoever this is in this yeah.
1: home Yeah absolutely just talk to it. I'm serious, okay. and and like I said before, everybody wants to be recognized. You yeah. know, they're they're trying to communicate with you in some way, whether that's you know knocking a cup off the counter or you know making your your uh, pictures askew. Mm-hmm. It, just try to communicate with it and and ask questions uh, like you're speaking to somebody. Yeah. Um, have the voice recorder there to record it because a lot of the times it's not audible to you. Right. Uh, You know, for example, um, I'm going through some of my evidence from the Lizzie Borden house. Mm -hmm. And we were all, there was five of us, five women standing in this room, kind of whispering amongst each other. And in the voice recorder, I very clearly catch a man's voice. It says a full phrase. And we'll be releasing that evidence soon. So So exciting. Um, (laughs) So, um, but none of us heard it in the moment. And so be prepared to know that things will capture, you'll capture stuff on your audio recorder that you don't hear in the moment. The trick is going back and listening for it. So um, you
0: can just use an, an ordinary mm-hmm. recording device, mm-hmm. even like yeah. a
1: phone? Yeah, absolutely. Work? Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, in fact, um, if you watch the Gilcrest County Jail um, episode, mm-hmm. one of those EVPs where the guy says, Come back, that was captured on Miranda's cell phone. Okay. And, and she, she heard it, it was captured on the cell phone. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there are some ghost hunting apps that are out there. Personally, oh. I don't use them. Um, okay. I think they can be manipulated a little bit. Sure. Um, so I would probably consider us more of what we call old school or pure investigators, if you sure. will. I mean, we do have some pieces of equipment, but, uh, you know, for us, it really is about the listening. And, you know, that's why it takes so long to get videos out and onto YouTube. It's because, you know, when we go to these locations, like say Brushy Mountain, Brushy Mountain is a huge prison complex. It was a maximum security prison in, in Tennessee. So we had 20 uh, video recorders going. we had seven voice recorders going. we all were wearing body cameras. We're all carrying voice recorders and other very pieces of equipment so to, and, and we actually sit down and watch and listen to every piece of footage and every piece of voice recorder audio that we have. So it takes a lot of time and most of the time I mean for 10 hours I'm listening to just nothing but static.
0: Yeah. but it's
1: that one second where I catch a man's voice or a child's voice that's like yes. That's why I'm doing this. So, you know, to go back to your question, really listen. If you have a voice recorder, let it run through the night or let it run during the day Mm -hmm. and just listen and see what you, what you captured.
0: I really admire your patience. I don't know. I don't know if I could do that, honestly. It, it drives me crazy
1: sometimes <laughs> because I'm, you know, I'll, I'll start at like nine o'clock at night and I'll be like, oh, you know, I could, I could be watching something or I could be right. reading a book and well, no, <laughs> I no, I got to listen to audio. But to me, it's fascinating. Like I said, it, it, when, when you catch things like this and, and you can actually say, you know, that wasn't any of us, that wasn't, we weren't even in the room. I mean, yeah. there's been numerous times where we capture EVPs and there's absolutely nobody even in the building. Yeah. And, that that is the most compelling part, but to me that's the most fascinating part because it does validate why we're here and why we're doing these things.
0: Yeah. And it gives the the dead a, a an opportunity
1: to speak. It does. It really does. Yeah. And whether it's residual or whether it's uh it's intelligent, you know, either way, you know, we put it out there as evidence. Like for example, we captured some great footsteps at Brushy Mountain. Um, there was nobody in this cell block. The, 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 um, the stairs are very uh, thick steel stairs, but you could absolutely hear heavy footsteps coming up these stairs and entering a room. And to me, I think it's residual, but, uh, to me, again, it's just something that's so fascinating. And, uh, it it just, it kind of validates the stories and and invalidates why we, we are paranormal investigators. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for doing this. I mean, I think it's a really important service that you're providing. And like I said, I don't think a lot of us would have the patience to do that. So thank you. Thank you for doing that, being a, an, an oral history, an oral historian of the dead.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I love the way you phrase that. Um, <laughs> and, and again, you know, that's, that's really what we want to do. And if I were to go to a location and we didn't, catch or, uh, we didn't capture any paranormal evidence we would still produce a video and say hey you know this wasn't our night because I mean it is for lack of a better term it's like fishing Um, you you never know if you're actually going to catch something but I think the fact that we do really sit down and listen and and really analyze those things that we found we have been very fortunate that we do have a pretty good track record with this. Um, But it it does require more patience.
0: I feel like fishing is actually a great analogy. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of just sitting around, but you kind of start to enjoy that,
1: I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, and I, I think it's great that you do this with your sisters and with your friends. And so it can be a kind of, like you said, a girl's weekend or a bonding experience that you can do this
1: as a group it is it is different and we love it we enjoy it again we enjoy telling our stories we enjoy putting in the the videos out there for people to see and kind of put put you in the moment if you will um you know the first video that i did it, it was because my family kept asking you know what's it like what did it look like what did you what did you experience and and so that's why my first video was fort mifflin so that's why i kind of put it together and and then they're like oh okay I, we understand this now so and it's just kind of grown since then
0: have you ever thought about doing like women's weekends or like retreats? Like, we'll bring you to a haunted location.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have actually, and, and it's funny to say that is one thing that I am working on. Um, I'm hoping to put it into practice by the end of the year, if not the first of 2021. And uh, yeah, we are looking to do that, absolutely.
0: I would love to do that with my well, two you're, sisters. You're more than I think welcome, we would really
1: love that. Yeah, you're absolutely more than welcome. <laughs> Where are you located? I'm in Washington
0: State. Uh, my okay. sister, uh, one of my sisters, is in Oregon, and the other is in Colorado. But okay. you know, like you said, you you guys live in different locations too, but you come together for this. So
1: yes, absolutely. So <laughs> you have to find a place somewhere in the middle, where exactly. Up and and uh, <laughs> it, it is. It's a lot of fun, and it's just different. You know. Um, yeah. It's, it it really is. You know, you you uh, you kind of go in. You know, you have your sister's backs, and they have yours. Yeah. And, it's, it's a very unique bonding experience for sure yeah
0: and we were also uh born in north carolina so maybe we could uh make okay. that a good excuse to to hit the we, east coast
1: yeah where in north carolina chapel hill okay fantastic we have a house in franklin and uh okay. so we go to north carolina quite a lot we investigated um henry river mill village in uh right outside of hickory in hildebrand north carolina and that's okay. a fascinating location it was the um It was used in the film The Hunger Games as District 12 and uh, captured some very cool paranormal activity there. So maybe something like that for sure. Yeah, that would be great. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the audience before we wrap up? No, just appreciate you listening. And if you want to learn more about us, our website is www.soulsistersparanormal.com. We also have a YouTube channel, Soul Sisters Paranormal. And we're very active on Facebook at, uh, again, Soul Sisters Paranormal. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks
0: so much for listening. I hope you found this episode inspiring or at least entertaining. Please subscribe and tell all of your friends to subscribe and, you know, like me and rate me and say nice things about me on social media. All that stuff really matters and it costs you zero dollars. And speaking of things that cost zero dollars, I give out 20-minute consultations for free for new clients. So listen, if you've got a story you're not telling, a brand that's in need of an authentic voice or a brand voice that's in need of great content and an audience to enjoy it, I would love to help you out. Head on over to my website, that'saloud.com to find out more. Are you ready to make your voice heard? Good, because that's allowed.